Hello, hemp nuts and cannabis enthusiasts. Welcome to the New Hemp Times Podcast 2.0, Season 2, coming to you from New York City. Woohoo! New Hemp Times, where we test your knowledge of cannabis news, science, and politics. I'm Jehan Marku, here with our main host, Dr. Jan Roberts. Well, hello, everybody. How are we today? We're also joined with the uh, unapologetic sharecropper, fisherman, actor, comedian, Randy Cameroon Jr. Hey, 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 Randy. my friends. <laughs> Let's go. As well as our special <laughs> guest, Ronit Pinto, a boss lady who believes everyone should be their own boss, founder and publisher of Honeysuckle and Honeypot magazine. Thank you so much. And of course, today's episode is brought to us by Madison Square Partners at ecshealth.com, a holding and consulting group for the cannabis industry that believes the endocannabinoid system is the gateway to health. Jan, take it away. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys. So welcome back, listeners. We are so excited today. And as you know, with season two, we've done something a little bit different this year. Uh, We're kind of like splitting our episodes off, doing some really fun stuff. I do want to mention something that in the next few episodes, you're going to hear some crazy stuff because we're sending our farmer ran to Jamaica for his first conference. I can't wait. Anywho, so we've got some fun stuff coming yeah. up in the next few months with New Hemp Times, but I am so super excited. So if you know anything about me and if you follow me on Instagram, Dr. Weed Lady, um, I am a clinician who um, really is fascinated with how we can shape cannabis culture. And today, our special guest um, is, I, I love the story of how we met, and I'm going to have her tell the story of how we met, because I'm curious if if my version matches her version, because it was so random. Anywho, um, so we're going to talk today because she's a boss. She is a leader in this industry. She is a publisher. She is a founder of this incredible magazine. And and really, as a woman, as another fierce woman, you know, she, another female warrior, we need more of those in this space. And so here she is today. And Ronit, thank you so much for joining us. Right. Thank you for having me. Thank We're you. so excited. <laughs> How are you feeling? Fine. Because <laughs> I am a therapist. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I guess I have the like uh, intro anxiety moments like I had the last time I spoke with. It'll pass in a second. Okay. <laughs> well, good. So tell me a little bit and tell our listeners a little bit about... Honeysuckle Magazine and how you got into the space. And of course, obviously, Honeypot. That's the new one. So, yes. Um, well, thanks again for having me. So, Honeysuckle is a lifestyle and culture publication. We bring countercultural topics to the mainstream. We talk about sex and gender and identity, social issues. Um, in Honeysuckle, we began the Honeypot, which was a cannabis exclusive column that was eight to 20 pages in our print mag. And it just kind of outgrew itself. So we formed its own magazine now called The Honeypot. Wow. Mm. When did you start all this? I So I started Honeysuckle in, at the end of 2013 in Detroit, um, where it was just like a very dark time. But, you know, they say from darkness comes the light. The lotus yeah. flower, right, comes from the mud. Did you know that? No. That's why it's such a beautiful flower, but out of everything dark and yucky can come something gorgeous. Oh, yeah. That's very exactly, yeah. A bunch of things grow out of shit. <laughs> Mushrooms. They grow Mushrooms. at night, too. Says the Hello. farmer. That's right. Well, what was 2013 Tupac? Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So dark light, 
Beauty mm-hmm. Darkness. Yep. Um, I had a vision, like it was kind of like they call them spiritual downloads, not to sound too woo-woo. Oh my God, hard. I love that. Uh, What's the user agreement like for that? <laughs> <laughs> I've never I heard the term. Right. I like yeah. that. Wait, well, 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 IP. Hit me. What's, What's spirit? Say it again. It, I'm not going to repeat it. Spiritual, Spiritual downloads. Can I use that? that that's, well, what does it mean? He's I asking. I mean... It's basically where you just have a vision. Like, okay. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if you're meditating or thinking yeah. or just like dreaming laying there. And I just had a download. It was like, I saw it. I saw the Honeysuckle logo. I kind of saw uh, what it represented. I had this weird kind of dream image of a fairy thing video that we actually made. So my first content for Honeysuckle was this video that I saw. Right. We did it. And it was cool because it was made from um, the gels the lighting gels from the Wizard of Oz that they shot in Detroit. Wow. My boyfriend was an electrician, so he like got them and with this dress designer made this cool emerald dress from the film gels. Oh my God. Yeah, it's really pretty. Wow. And so you had this kind of spiritual experience, it sounds like. Yeah. Can I ask a question? And I'm not being cheesy when I ask this question. There's actually a reason I'm asking it. Were you high at the time? No. Okay. The reason I was well, asking it, well, yeah. the reason I was asking was because a lot of times I, I can say for myself, I have found like spiritual insights or spiritual downloads. I'm going to start using that term, you know, when using. That's why I was just curious. Yeah, it was interesting because it had been sort of after a debaucherous time. Uh-huh. That's right. And so I do feel that there were some substances that helped kind of loosen up, loosen me up mentally that were necessary in a weird way. But at that time, I was actually sober. Yeah. Wow. And so you found this meaning. And then what happened? So I just started creating content. Like we did the video. Um, I had an editor friend in Detroit um, and he would kind of help. We did articles and community beats. You know, I'd obviously written and worked for magazines in the past, so I knew how Uh it went. Um, So we did community beats and stuff like that. And then I um, was working in the film industry simultaneously, came to New York, just kind of wanted to. And there was work here through Local 52. I was a crew member. Uh So I was like, yeah, I can do this. You know, I was paying my bills and and starting. What job were you doing? Oh, for God. Local 52. We got some entertainers in our groups. Oh. Yeah, we know it. So my passion in film crewing was special effects that I got to do in Detroit, which nice. was like cool water stuff and crazy kind of hardcore. But here in New York, I did set dressing. So a glorified furniture mover. <laughs> <laughs> Set dressing, props, um, just like a little bit of everything, you know. Any fun movies that we would know about? Um, in Detroit, I worked on Jim Jarmusch's um, Only Lovers Left Alive, which is cool, yeah. and Robert Goss, uh, Robert. Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Cool <laughs> films in Detroit, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your most memorable piece of furniture you had to move? Um, right. The very first film I ever worked on, Scream 4, there was like, I remember, yeah. Wow. People were moving this huge couch or bed, like down a spiral staircase, and that was memorable. And here in Detroit, here in New York, too, there was like no elevator one day, so you have to like move a couch through a weird alley and fun stuff like that. 
So I, I'm curious. <laughs> so you had this idea, you created this magazine, and you see it more as a lifestyle magazine. Help me understand kind of what's the goal or the mission of Honeysuckle then. Yes. And that's a great question because a magazine needs a strong identity. And right. that's what we've been um, clarifying since. So Honeysuckle for me is an edgy social publication. <laughs> What? Go I on. Yes. <laughs> so now that the honey pot is its own thing, we have room to explore social issues like, mm. um, you know, animal rights, yep. climate, environmental stuff, but mixed with sexuality and, and like gender. We feel that those two things are just speak a lot to what people are going through these days. As far as gender, what do you mean? Um, well, we why we work with a lot of the Gen Zers, like people mm-hmm. in their twenties, and gender fluidity and mm-hmm. like identity is is huge for them. So yeah. it's just a very natural part of the conversation. So do you feel like you're giving your the reader an opportunity to learn more about the culture or more or less just validating that, you know, this is an, a real issue and a real important thing to talk about. Yeah, I think it's organic in terms of it's just what they want to say. I mean, we're yeah. talking about Ivy Leaguers, people getting their PhD who are in polyamorous, polyamorous mm-hmm. relations. Mm-hmm. It's just the zeitgeist or it's just what they are. Mm-hmm. So I think we've always been around, been about giving people voices that want to speak about things. So why does sexuality have anything to do with these critical issues or does sexuality enhance it um, for this generation of kids? That You know, it's funny because I was talking to my managing editor, Annie, about this mm-hmm. and I was like, I really want to do social issues, but like sex mm-hmm. at the same time, like, is that okay? And then, you know, we realized I think sexuality and sex itself is sort of like the root source of Absolutely. everything, right? Yeah. So animals and climate and mm-hmm. the environment it's, it is all part of this organic structure that like mm-hmm. stems a lot from sex so for <laughs> you because this is sexual energy i guess yeah okay so if i'm hearing you what you're seeing is this opportunity to really kind of discuss maybe non-traditional and i hate to say this god i feel so old when i start saying <laughs> stuff like this because historically we didn't discuss polyamorous relationships and it's so much more socially accepted now and you know different lifestyles it's very much like kind of do your you know whatever works for you and i have friends who are in poly relationships i've known you know um uh, people in fact i own a clinic that we are kink friendly we we see a lot of clients um with different types of lifestyles that really suit them, you know? And I think they're often misunderstood. Was that kind of some of the reasoning behind trying to use Honeysuckle to promote or just to kind of have these conversations, you know, about people's identities? Yeah, you know, again, I think for me, Honeysuckle's always just been about raw expression and raw experience. So whatever that is for you, you know, whether that is a drug use or sexuality or some real first-person testimonial experience. So it just happens to be what everyone's talking about. So I guess from my perspective, I don't even judge it or even analyze it. Mm -hmm. I'm not even trying. It's just like, this is what they want to say. So I'm providing an outlet for them to, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I do find value. I think freedom is probably one of our core cultural, like, desires for doing what we do anyways. Well, and you and I had this interaction the first time I ever met her. And and I have to say, I always feel so bad. Like I was so obnoxious <laughs> when I, I met you. I'm like, oh, you're the one? Because I, I mean, and, and I'm going to just put it out there because to me, I'm looking at the photos on Instagram and granted, I am older, 
But I'm also not a prude. I'm also very much, you know, supportive of alternative lifestyles and human sexuality. I've taught human sexuality. I have a sexual wellness clinic. So, it, it, you know, this is very important. And I agree with you. But I, I took issue with a lot of the imagery mm-hmm. as a feminist. And, of course, I'm sure my... Uh, uh, my son would probably say, you know, as a uh, second wave feminist, he would qualify that by saying that for me, I'm sure. But um, that that essentially for me, when I saw some of the imagery, it felt very much like, oh, my God, we're using sex to sell. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really our first interaction. Guys, I felt so bad. I literally meet her and I'm like, oh, my God, you're the one. And she's like, What? <laughs> I was like, it's not cannabis because you thought that the, she was smoking a joint and it was like some repost of right with alcohol. Yeah, yeah, she had, yeah. like, I don't even know. All I saw were her nipples covered up. Right. <laughs> but you knew what the magazine basically was about and the themes that they were trying to hit, even though you had an issue with the cover. No, or you no, ne- you had I had no even, I cl- clue. Right. I think All she I thought knew, it was more cannabis. Only, yeah, because right? I had seen some cannabis postings on there, and that was right before Honeypot came out. Mm-hmm. So I had seen that, and I just assumed it was a cannabis magazine. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was funny because I saw these images, and I was just like, oh, my God, we're selling sex again. Yeah. You know, because it takes me back to – when I was younger and, you know, teens and, and as a child, you know, it was so common. And Randy, I'm outing our yeah, our ages yeah. here. But for but us, those. we grew up with the Budweiser twins, right. you know, and their mm-hmm. tiny bikinis because right. they were using sex to market towards men. Right. And and I'm curious, like, for you, like, you know, mm-hmm. that was just such an interesting, like, it was a discomfort for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that that wasn't the intent at all. No, but I was actually really happy that you said that because it's something that we talk. It's a nuance, right? It's like everything is nuanced. Yeah, exactly. And as women and women founders and running the magazine, because most of the editors, we work with men too, but a lot of the editors are female. And it's like that fine line between sexual expression and then sex and exploitation. And like, no, we don't want to be, but I shouldn't have to cover myself up. Right. Oh, um, there is something about sensuality and the expression of the divine feminine that should be allowed. But then, yeah, it's that weird fine line between being exploitative. Well, what is the fine line, if you don't mind me asking? Let's say there's no men. Let's say there's no men. If you ask Tipper Gore, it'd be rock and roll music. Right. Uh, But if you ask (laughs) someone else, it might be different. I mean, it depends. And and honestly, I think that's a great question. And and honestly, I I wish everyone could have seen the look on our faces like, I don't even, I don't know how to answer that question, to be quite honest. Because if it is subjective and certain women feel either i don't know if comfortable or well um, it was interesting to me because <clears throat> I, I was having this conversation and being a woman of a certain age and and i'm 50 i'll just go ahead and out it i'm 50 years old and being that you all of a sudden start to realize as a female at this stage in your life you're invisible <laughs> and seriously i'm not agreeing with it i'm just saying that is the experience and it's become a really interesting experience because I have never felt invisible until, you know, my I've become middle-aged. And, and you know, I have clients my age who are men who are talking about dating 28-year-olds and stuff like that, you uh, know? And so you get that. And so for me, uh, you know, it, it was just like, wow, am I not a part of that 
inclusivity mm-hmm. as a female of of this w- way because for me it was very alienating and so but I do agree mm-hmm. with you that it is like who is the subject who is your audience who is the target audience around that but I also feel that as women we we would we really need to change that like there's yeah. no reason to feel invisible no uh, I agree yeah. with you absolutely I agree with yeah. you yeah and so we can think about that as publishers too like what, yeah. are, what content like to change that because a lot of it is just perception and the media is filling our minds with information so if we present you know older women quote unquote which age is changing anyways I mean people are living right. longer vitality Jeez, and everything I remember when my mom was 50 she was old yeah I'm having the best time of my life okay. <laughs> you know yeah. I'm 50 mm-hmm. I do what I want mm-hmm. and I don't answer to anyone no, so sure. you know it's a very different experience but Huh, Jayhan, you had your your hand up. Oh no, it it was going to be a throwback to you know tobacco companies in my generation. You know, I'm at the as you said, I'm at the top. I'm the I'm an old millennial, (laughs) but um, you know, with Jill Camel, they made him look like a penis. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was you know that's using sex to sell and making that association. But when we talk about you know art and advertising and that fine line. And I think, you know, whether or not the people are being exploited is a good question and how that is being used. You know, we can contrast that with a C- one of the most popular CBD brands in California who shall remain nameless uses oh. a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, booty bumping bikini babes on yachts sure. where all the men are sitting around just like drinking. And that to me seems very objectifying and, you know, I don't know, exploitative. Yeah. Versus yeah. just using something that's more artistic to make you think about something or provide an insight about something or being can, expressive. Can I interject here for a moment? Speaking of art and artistic mm. endeavors, we are so excited because to me, New Hemp Times is about kind of changing the way we think about things. So true. And we love educating you. Yeah. But we also love having a lot of fun. Entertaining. And, and entertaining. So as a result, we are going to have our world premiere, the New Hemp Times opera man himself, Charles the Opera Man. Vital, vital is a terpene, also found in tea, also found in tea. That is not the only thing that's green. Green, 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 green. That's not the only thing that's green, green, green. Magical terpenes. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. That was the world premiere, everybody, on New Hemp Times podcast of Charles the Opera Man. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yes. So how did you like that? Loved it. You see, we do a little crazy We've got shit. all kinds of tricks. <laughs> Who is he? No, so he's he's uh, a very talented uh, opera singer we met in this bar. Uh, we used to do our after show hangouts at um, McSorley's. Five and Dime. No, it was Five, five and Dime. McSorley's was the warm-up. Oh, it was the warm-up, and that was the <laughs> after and party. chili dogs. And uh, yeah, he's great. He is great. Awesome. He's really good. And on Wednesdays at the Five and Diamond, God, don't you miss Aaron and the crowd down there? Who was the little who sung with him? She was good. Oh, she too. was good. She was yeah. from Mexico. Oh, so yeah, yeah. on was... Wednesday evenings, if you live in Manhattan, go to the Five and Dime down by Wall Street um, downtown. And essentially at 630, Charles and friends who are fellow professional opera singers come and just start drinking mm-hmm. and singing all night. Mm-hmm. 
It's really fun. Cool. Yeah, and Charles Coleman has performed lots of other things. He's done... Um, one of the reasons we brought him into this is uh, because he had performed poems, opera style, like kind of like famous like beatnik poems and stuff like that. So he's, he was really... He's not a cannabis user, but he was super jazzed He about did in this college, project. he said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we didn't say his last name. Yeah. So I, I have a question. How then did this... So you had this version for Honeysuckle Magazine and then Cannabis mm-hmm. came into it. So how did that get lumped into it? Well, we had... My boyfriend actually suggested... Um, he was working with Alan Cumming on Instinct. Uh-huh. And we had a video production company. And we were at all these tech events. And they were doing talking about cannabis and doing a lot of cannabis and tech and cannabis like VC stuff. And I was in an accelerator program at the time. My boyfriend was like, you should do your next issue on cannabis because they're themed. Yeah. And we're like, okay. So we start researching and spoke with like Jake Plowden and a lot of people in the industry, like Cannabis Cultural Association and talking a lot about diversity and everything going on on the East Coast. Um, And then my boyfriend got Alan Cumming to be on the cover, which was amazing. Um, Jamie and I, my our executive editor, went to MJ Biz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you going? We this year? Yeah. Yeah. In Vegas? Are you? Yeah. We Girl! won't have a booth, but you're not going to have a booth, or you are. We won't. No. That's a. That just means more time on. The, Why are you going to have a booth on the? Oh hell no! I'm going uh, to yeah. play. What is it? MJ Biz in Vegas. Uh, in Vegas, uh, I think it's like roughly people are planning. Maybe they're like the seventh through the eleventh of December, something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It's the largest marijuana convention in the con- uh, like world. Maybe well, it's huge. Randy, really? we were talking about having a new Hemp Time podcast from uh, there. Oh, that's a good it. idea. Yeah. yeah, we should do it. <laughs> with, yeah, our, we'll we'll be participating with our friends at MJ. Um, really? Yeah, the, the other podcast. I that, wonder if Greer will be out there that month. Hmm. Maybe hmm. we will see the elusive Greer Barnes. Yep. So anyway, so you're going <clears> out <throat> to yeah. there, and you got interested, and in well, so the, we were. They let us cover it. We were the very first cultural publication ever permitted to cover it journalistically because it's only they only allowed B two B publications wow so we're like we want to do this and we did a beautiful spread with cassandra farrington the ceo and um chris and all the people running it we did like a five-page spread with all the speakers um and we got to know everyone paul rosen dr inbar maimon like a lot of people in the industry um and during that time we were like we have to you know what should we call this this is our we're gonna call it a section in the magazine and jamie was like honey pot Yeah. And it just like exploded every issue after that. It was like four pages and eight pages. The black issue on African-American culture was literally 20 pages. The honeypot. Wow. Did you know it was a play on words or did? Yeah. uh, Jamie's like a. (laughs) What is he from? She's really smart. Little house on the prairie. Honeypot. She's like a pun queen. It's hilarious. Yeah. The whole trip was pun. That's That's really 25 point. That's a good one. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, you should, she'll get some ownership in the honey yep. pot, not only for that, but partially because she like. <laughs> yeah. And so you have this team of mostly females who help guide you, and you've done, you've done different issues. How often does it come out? Monthly or? We were doing striving for quarterly um for honeysuckle, mm-hmm. and now I think between the two, we should be able to punch one out every other month. So like, each one will have like a three month. 
spam, wow. but then they'll come out every other month. Mm-hmm. And they're on, we have two app or Apple News and Google Play app and it's on Apple News and iTunes and stuff. So, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll have to put you on my Apple News feed then. Yeah. So, so how do you get inspiration for the different, like, tell me some of the, the categories or the special issues that you do and how do you get that inspiration? Um, so categories, it's all very instantaneous. It's so, there's so much to talk about. We never lack content. We have so much content. It's like our issues are more like encyclopedias. I mean, we yeah. actually have to make them less wordy um so we did like the hers issue which is about women the black issue about african-american culture cannabis one which is all about sustainability it kind of like we'll get like a tip or a lead you know and then i'll start following the yellow brick road so like the sustainability issue we went to noco in colorado which was the hemp expo and there we learned all about regenerative agriculture and the native perspective and like all about hemp and industrial hemp and so that's become a big thing that we do um, we'll do less theme thematic stuff from now on because we hear people are a little confused. Like they, they, they don't understand like each one is a different theme. So it'll be more of a general lifestyle where we can just discuss more like gender, sexuality, things like that. And then the honey pot is THC exclusive and we will talk about like mushrooms mm-hmm. and treatment of depression and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, you know, you know some really smart cannabis researchers who love to talk a lot about uh, <laughs> about this. Jayhan, what was that like? <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll no doubt be hitting you up for interviews. I know. He was actually on Cheddar TV last night. So oh, wow. He was on cannabis. So did us proud, yep. buddy. Yep. We yeah. Were- well, anytime people want to talk about an update about research where there is no research <laughs> it always is a fun it's conversation totally huh? <laughs> that was fun you did a great job it was yeah. just so weird seeing the back of our office yeah and the uh background on the tv it was, cool. it was a pleasure to be on there it was it was definitely unlike most cannabis media things that i've been a part yeah. of it was it was way more focused and there wasn't like a lot of wiggle room there yeah, yeah. so for you um like, what's the next issue you're doing for Honey Pot? So, Honey Pot, we want to do a women <laughs> under the female influence. We'll, we're spot, we'll spotlight oh, women like. in the industry mm-hmm. under the female influence. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ha! yeah. How do you think? Okay, so you tell me from because you know, God, these guys are so tired of hearing me talk about this. Uh. But for me, as a female in this industry, I have a very different experience because I've worked in healthcare mostly mm-hmm. and my experience in healthcare was very different, but there were a lot more women in healthcare. Different so, from who? From any other business experience I've ever had. And and undoubtedly this is what the real world's like. You mm-hmm. know, it is very male dominated. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting the different nuances as a female uh, that that you pick up on, you know? And, or and, not so subtle. Well yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I even oh, God. I can share a story from a friend of mine who opened one of the first like testing labs in Colorado mm. and she was at a conference and um, they had a lot of time. It was when the people were hiring models to sit around in their booth, scantily clad. And some mm. of them were like wearing lab coats and, you know, and someone came up to her and said, why aren't you wearing a bikini? And she made the guy cry. Um, <laughs> Good. Good for but her. it was it was something to the Good. tune of like I'm I have a degree and I own and operate the premier laboratory in the country. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you know, yeah. not so subtle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious from your perspective, what do you, what is your take on 
the female in the cannabis space and and what have you learned or noticed you know i'm curious um i mean i feel like i've heard that the female demographic is shrinking which is kind of surprising to me in terms of ownership and vc funding i know bobby talks about that a lot but that's kind of unilaterally across the board um, I feel like from my perspective, the women are maybe tiny but mighty, like they're very loud and have a lot of impact. So even if it's smaller numbers, it's, I don't feel that as much like the women I know in cannabis are very admirable, like they make a lot of waves. They do a lot of stuff. Um, it feels like a sophisticated demographic. I will say, though, that I feel like what's lacking is the minority perspective, like um, especially African-American with the whole mm -hmm. social justice war on drugs thing. Like there's so much talk about that and a lot of grassroots movement, but I haven't seen it translated in the workforce. And I really wonder Will that happen? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> talk There's about so that, much Randy. talk about it. Well, this is up Brooklyn Sprouts. Yeah. Yeah. So it won't happen. And I don't think it'll happen within the next couple of years because there's a couple of uh, there's some hurdles that we have not come up on or crossed. And it transcends any industries, regardless of it's we're mm -hmm. talking about cannabis or construction or education. So mm -hmm. um with that said, um, we've got some some climbing to do. Yep, and right. and, to, to, and I know yeah. I'm speaking generally, but I, I would agree. If it yeah. was so important to the industry, why exactly. isn't the industry paid a bunch exactly. of programmers to expedite this process of expunging records? Exactly. But aside from even expungement, which I agree with, and like reentry program, which I know Harvest is doing, and Stephen and Andrew D'Angelo with their last prisoner project, the actual workforce of hiring—I mean, it's a trade, right? It's mm -hmm. like welding, like it's a trade. Exactly. Yeah, you can hire people. You I can don't hire know. them, even if, or you could omit and not hire them by choice. You know, um, is it true? Or just overlook or overlook them for whatever it, reason. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the jobs that matter, right? You can That's get right. out of prison and not have any work. And I mean, 100%. it's going to suck. So 100% or not be welcomed in an atmosphere. Um, so mm -hmm. and you're conditioned, mm -hmm. whether you go to community college or you go to a community prison, you're conditioned. So when, once you come out, you graduate or you get released, there's a certain amount of places you will venture and um yeah so, so that's been my biggest question and it's a weird discrepancy we mm -hmm. all you hear about it every conference every expo of social equity but it's like well who's getting hired where are the jobs like where what are these people going to do the, besides the fact that they've been persecuted and like locked up in disproportionate amounts it's like they should there's no workforce mm -hmm. for no reason mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, let me also ask do you see then your role with the magazine is kind of trying to make shifts in that? <clears throat> I mean, we try, you know, like we, we, like I said, I mean, we have our black issue. We um, highlight African-American entrepreneurs all the time. There really isn't much we can do other than report it and then like call it out. Like, I mean, we have black writers, a lot of them, mm -hmm. you know, editors. Um, so we get that perspective very authentically. We also have three, you know, formerly incarcerated writers actually writing for us. Mm -hmm. um, so like we want to build out our CSR, like this corporate social responsibility aspect and develop that from our end you know if people want to donate or fund so we can provide office space or have somewhere for them to send their mail like we've had requests for that um 
And we'll just continue to employ and amplify those voices. But I can't for I cannot make someone hire. That's got to be like they're you know putting things in place where they have to hire a certain right. amount of your quota, right? Of course. But so MWB will force it. Quotas will force it. Unionized situations will force inclusion. But still, there's a difference between uh, um, pointing out something. And then there's a difference between understanding the difference and consciously taking accountability for changing it. So follow up with that, like what's uh, could you off the top of your head? I know I don't mean to put you on the hot seat, but what sort of call to actions come with some of these articles? Like, Mm -hmm. are there, you know, identifying the issue is a key step. And the next step is what do you do with this information? So are, are there kind of call to actions in there or things people recommend <laughs> write your elected officials or bulldoze a wall of a prison and like what <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you bulldoze oh <laughs> my god we're not telling Burn you to do down. that break down the wall yeah. <laughs> punk rock um, punk rock <laughs> um you know it's funny i think for us i'm just understanding that we we work from the inside out so like we we do political call to actions, but I think more importantly, we do employ African-American writer. Like we hear from them, we let them talk and we want to grow that. So that's not something you see enough. Like that is hiring people to work for you. That is creating that job workforce. Like it just should be normalized. It should happen. It's, I don't know why it doesn't. Right. What would right. you say is like your top couple of issues or, or articles, sorry, that have come out recently, whether it's about cannabis or about sex or gender or race. What would you like if we really like think about your top five articles, what's what's in there? Um, I think uh civil rights icon John Lewis was a big one. Um a lot of the ones in our black issue, like some of the original hip hop artists from Day Sun, um, the Spike Lee story obviously was great. Um, I think our arc view one was cool because I don't think there's been a lot of like cultural publications like ours covering corporate cannabis. Um, yeah, I mean, I think fem- women in film and art is one of my favorites. Nice. Nice. Wow. Oh, wow. Well. So if you how is it when you're working with a whole team of women? Is it. Do you think that your style of interacting as a business owner and a team is different than whenever you've worked with in traditionally more ma- you know male dominated businesses because you have the luxury of having something very unique mm-hmm. you know and that you know obviously you know you said you had male writers but it sounds like the majority of the leadership is really female maybe I'm wrong but Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. It's very different. I mean, for when I've worked in male environments, I've had, I have to say, I've had great experiences. Like film is a male dominated, but I got treated really well and almost privileged in a way. Like I'm a hard worker, but I feel like I got opportunities that guys wouldn't necessarily because they weren't maybe as nice as me. (laughs) (laughs) Take advantage of that one. Um, (laughs) Right. But in Honeysuckle, there's a difference. Like, Guys that come on, they just are trained in a different way to believe that like there's this corporate thing and you have to like 
force, be aggressive and force. And like, it's very business oriented and it feels very inorganic to me and like not natural. And they might think that we're like too woo woo or out there, but it's not, <laughs> you know, like you can do both. You mean you're as Does their bosses, they think Jay? you're too woo woo? Is that what you're saying? Don't understand. Like, that some of- I can't wait till they listen to this episode. <laughs> wait, I, I, I'm looking at Jayhan right now and I'm like, Jayhan, does that feel familiar? <laughs> Rings a bell. Rings a little bell. <laughs> ding, ling, ling, ling. Like one guy was like, "There, you know, you have interns. They should do what you say. Make them blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "No, like I, I want them to do what they want to do. Of course, they have to do what I want to do. But like, they're here to learn. And like, I don't want to force them to like be slaves." Do you, <laughs> do you find that you're more kind of like I approach things more like open ended? Mm-hmm. Like, let's see where this goes. <laughs> let let's let's talk about this. You know, and and of course. You know, I unfortunately am a therapist, so I do love to process every little thing to the nth degree. So that's a problem, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, for working with me. But but at the same time, I do notice that I am so much more comfortable navigating gray, complex kind of like I think about it way down the future, Hmm. like like I. I feel like sometimes I skip steps Mm -hmm. and, and, and I I've noticed that in some of the other women I've talked to in, in this space that they, we've talked about how leadership styles can also be very different. It's much more kind of like, um, uh, collaborative Mm -hmm. in a sense. And, and I'm just curious, do you notice that with honeysuckle or the honey team or whatever they're called? Yeah, I mean, it's it's comp- it's funny in a way just because I'm the sole owner right now. So like I do lead the way in that sense and have all the financial bur- and business burdens. I'll also say that business is not where I approach this from, which isn't necessarily great. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, st- I do. <laughs> So I'm like doing it now. I yep. started from the creative vision and yep. from Pat, like what I knew to be true intuition, basically. Yep. And I'm doing the business now. And like, should it have been reversed? Should it have been more balanced? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm just doing it still. Right. So I'd say like the risky risk taking is maybe more of a masculine trait that I have. Like, I'm not really afraid. So I'll just keep doing it. Um, but the personal dynamics are probably more feminine. Like yeah. I'm more curious and con- like it's just different it's softer i got a question with building on what you said when you look at a cover and you automatically says this is a, a continuing a tradition of selling sex and we're living in a society where people are clearly a lot more open especially this the, the generation we were just talking about um at what point do we point at the woman who is not toting the line, the line that we feel should be toted right now? Um, if that's sexual responsibility, if that's not self-exploitation of yourself. So let me give you an example of yeah, what I'm saying. What so this saying. is what I'm saying. Um, it's I can get on I can get on a podcast and talk about stop violence uh-huh. um, amongst you know, black people in in a neighborhood and then walk down the block and get mugged or slapped by these kids on the block that are totally ignoring and not listening to this damn podcast that I spend talking about this uh-huh. weekly. So I wonder, and I'm not saying at all you're you're looking at that cover 
you know, was uh, wrong. Because I believe that's the same thing I would have said in terms of sex selling. And wait a minute. Is oh, you're that, talking about the Instagram photos. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I thought you were... Oh, and those... Okay, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. breast, you know, I'm yeah, just taking yeah, yeah, it back thing, to... Yeah. But it could go for any cover yeah, where you yeah. think sex is exploiting right now. At what point d- does the person on the cover take responsibility or the group of people, and how do we address them? Like Beyonce? <laughs> Like, Hello? I mean, I like an album cover. Of what? Where is honestly? The, where's the response? Yeah. Where is the responsibility? Uh, and, and you know, it's interesting you mention it, especially if you talk about celebrities, because right. they just came out with that thing. It's like, don't blame us for our big yep. car- carbon footprints. Yep. We're just locked in this system, dependent on fossil fuels. <laughs> It's a good question, Randy. It really is. It's a good, you know, I, I want to be very careful because I am not. I hope to God this does not come off as slut shaming because that's not what I'm trying to do here. No. You know, when I saw that, it just took me back to a point in time where my experience of pictures like that, you know, were very different mm-hmm. than some of the young women who are beautiful, incredible, strong young women trying to exude that in these photos. Mm-hmm. And for me, my perception was something very different than I'm sure the intention was. Yeah. So is your question at what, you know, because obviously it's not just them looking at it. It's me looking at it. It's you, you know, it's of other course. people looking at it right. and making assumptions. So is, is I think, that your question? I think using the term slut shaming might be not the term to apply to the situation. Yeah, I'm trying to understand. So what I, what I think we're talking about is you want to give somebody the right to express themselves how they want to express themselves. At the same time, how they express themselves will clearly have repercussions. Yeah, yeah. So how do we address that is is generally what I'm what I am talking about. Well, um, I, I, you, remember when we I, I, there was an early conversation we had um, that I was and I don't know if you guys remember. And I was saying, you know, I have a hard time seeing how medical cannabis would apply to some of the junkies that I yeah. see in my neighborhood because they're so fixed in that. Destructive cycle. Destructive cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And how do we. I know I've gone a little. No, no, no. no. It sounds like you're asking a question. How do we make sure that things are the way that they are intended to be? Because other people, am I hearing that correctly? Like the simplest way, Mm -hmm. because I mean, is are you saying like the subject of a photo? What role do they have, and how that is used, or? I think that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. I think the consciousness of the person that goes yeah. on the cover, um, as much freedom as there is, and I'm not here to put any bounds on anybody. Well, I mean, but. that gets into an argument that uh, I'll give you a great example um, of an argument that when my kids were in school <clears throat> for my daughters, they were told that you could not wear yoga pants because, right? Because it would be too upsetting to the boys. Mm -hmm. That is not my damn daughter's (laughs) responsibility. Period. Right. And that the boys should know better not to objectify them. That's like a religious thing, too. I feel like in religious school. It it was a public school. They literally forbid Mm -hmm. young women to wear yoga pants. Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy thing. 
but that's not the woman's responsibility. Right. You know, so right. so I want to be very careful that for me and my perspective is that, you know, I understand and can appreciate the art and 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 I saw something very much out of context and not really understanding what the initial you know, intention was. However, to Randy's point too, I also understand because how I get creepy people sending me messages mm-hmm. right. on Instagram. It also right. felt and, like- and, and that, that, you know, sometimes you just can't help it if people are kind of perceiving things in certain right. ways. Right. It also felt like some of it was that exclusionary element. I don't know if I'm wrong or right. Like where when you get past, like you don't want to feel, if you're past a certain age, like you don't have a part of that conversation. Right. Like you can't yeah. be sexy, you can't yeah, be Yeah, why can't I be there with just you my can. nipples covered up? I'll and take your a, photo. Well, that's why social media was created. Right, hello. <laughs> I did, oh and my you God, can, there is a clear demographic I don't want to scare. I don't want to scare anyone. Maybe we no. should start doing <laughs> photo shoots. I, I think I have Wait, an idea for a book. Are you the photographer? Oh my God, How to get a thousand followers in 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I do have a question. I mean, do you take the photos? I take not. I haven't done any. I don't think for honeysuckle, but I have done them. And my boyfriend does is a photographer. Is he the the artist behind some of these? Because I'm going to tell you. Have you looked through them? They're gorgeous. The artwork yeah. and the design. They're beautiful. I love your, I love the layout of it. Even though, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about some of the, the, the mm-hmm. female photos and I don't want it to be about that because your, your work is so much more than that. Thank it, you. It's a very rich publication, I find. Yeah. Thank you. He does. So my boyfriend did the design for the honey pot. Uh-huh. Um, and then he does some creative direction, but I'm, we're all very creative, very visual, um, you know, just someone else. Yeah. We had different designers, but I like selected this image, but it was like a Polish photographer who originally did that, that we licensed it from. And that's an image of Spike Lee. Yeah. That's Spike beautiful Lee. magazine mm-hmm. cover. Well, listen, thank you so much uh, for you. joining us today. <laughs> um, hold on and we'll do our ending. But before we do our ending, I want to end this with another, <laughs> another song from another, Charles, the opera man. Another hit. Alpha pinene and limonene, they enhance my dopamine. Such a lovely scent, pinene is anti-inflammatory. Good for keeping your joints all bent, propelling you to new heights. Terpenes can help you feel right, feel good and be just fine. Terpenes are what makes cannabis taste so nice. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here again. Thank you again, Rooney, for coming in today. And of course, our world premiere of our opera man. (laughs) And uh, we love Charles, the opera singer. All right. Have a great week, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Next week. All right. Uh, Short break, stretch. Yeah, take a pee if you need more water.